Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Courtney Robertson here. I hope everybody's doing well on this fine Wednesday. I have just laughed so hard chatting with my guests today. It's a fun listen. With Joey Graciade's new season airing, I had to get a bachelor, a former bachelor in the hot seat. And believe it or not, he has never done a podcast talking about the behind the scenes um, or any other bachelor podcast. So I'm really thrilled to have him. I met him, gosh, back in 2014. Really stand-up guy, very self-deprecating, which I believe is a Canadian trait, but great head on his shoulders. It was the first Canadian bachelor ever, and he is here to spill all the tea. I mean, we talk about how much he got paid, who he got to say went home, the villains, the storylines, anything that you could think of that you would want to ask a former bachelor, I asked it. So we have a lot of laughs and I sure hope you enjoy this episode. Got somebody fun <laughs> in the hot seat for you. Welcome back to After Reality. I'm your host, Courtney Robertson. And today's guest is a former professional football player, an entertainment reporter, a longtime host of the Food Network's Chopped. He is currently the host of Big Bake on the Food Network in the U.S. and the first ever Canadian Bachelor. It's the one and only Brad Smith. People are like, wait, they have a Bachelor in Canada? What? <laughs> is it? Does does the whole series take, take place on a hockey rink? I, I know, right? Do you speak French? How's the Canadian bacon? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually from Quebec, so I grew up French Canadian, pretty much, yeah. Oh, really? So you do? Oh, yeah. Parlez-vous français? Oui. Uh, oh, parlez français? <laughs> that's, that's your go-to, right? I, yeah, it's probably everybody's we. Oui. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm so excited to have you on After Reality and get you in the hot seat. That's what they call it over here in the United <laughs> States. And I don't think I've interviewed a bachelor yet. So 
Really? And I know, you know, so, so we met back in 2014 at some red carpet event. I thought you were with the your ring winners, as we say, at the time. Yeah. Which yeah. Was we just cool. call them, we just call them the ultimate loser in Canada. They have to get engaged to me. So <laughs> oh please. Uh so what was it like? I mean, I don't even know where to start. Gosh, there's so much that we have to chat about. I love yeah. your little background. You've got your poster up on the wall. This, you know what's funny is this is my girlfriend's office. I don't, oh. this is the first time I've been in here. I never stepped foot in here. Uh, but I think she, she was, uh, she's, she was like excited to do this like feng shui thing of like setting up so that it would seem professional. And I was like, but you have my draft jersey and a bachelor poster up. Like, and this is, the, I remember how hungover I was doing the shoot. Because uh, as promo you know, shoot. Oh my God. It was. I this is the fun. I'm sorry to get way off topic, but I have no. To say this, this is because, how it's gonna roll. We just have a lot to cover. So I, when I came out of the CFL, I was like, it's you know, for the American people, it's the kind of the poor man's NFL. It's a very blue collar. It's professional football. You get paid, but it's a very blue collar salary to get your head beaten in. Uh, so yeah. I was so happy when I got I retired. I broke my leg. I retired, and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And literally three weeks after that, they gave me a shout to audition me. Um, but I remember when I went through the whole process, got the job and they were like, okay, we're doing your promo shoots. And I was like, oh fuck, this is not, okay, I swear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was, I was like, um, I was like, Jesus, like, this is not a good look for me because I am not good in front of camera. Never been, and not like a moving camera, but anytime someone takes pictures, I'm that guy in the back ruining it. It was like in 2008, if you were to open up your like Kodak, like the printed film, every single picture was just me in the back. Just, okay, it was just <laughs> awful. So they get me, they get me on this, like, we're at this nightclub that's transferred into the day for the promo shoot, you know, the stupid one where the guy's holding the rose, like, oh, yeah. he's coming for you. Yes, the rose <laughs> petals are sprinkling all over around you. Yeah, and the photographer's like, where did you get this hack from? Because I was so uncomfortable. I'm in this, like, tight suit that makes me look like I'm a mortician. <laughs> and by the end, I'm going to have to stand up. I'm in sweatpants because that's how relaxed I am. By the end... He's like, okay, just walk towards me. Sorry, walk behind, take two steps, and then turn around and, like, show the rose, right? <laughs> and so, like, to get me doing some sort of action. So I'm like, <laughs> and, like, the best thing they could get was just stand there like a dumb prick, hold the rose, smile atrociously, <laughs> and someone put some more oil on his fucking head because it looks like Can it's... they give you a spray tan? I, I mean, they probably put makeup on you. You're like this professional football player, and now you're... <laughs> And so you were saying you were a little dusty. Did you go out the night before? Oh, geez. I mean, from the inception when I got signed, I think it was like, a, like they found me very late. Like uh, by the time, this is the most serendipitous story. My best friend to this date is a football coach whose dad was my mentor as a football coach. And uh, they were walking downtown in Toronto and they crossed the street and his girlfriend goes, oh, I know that girl. Let's go say hi. And so they started talking to this girl. My but he had no clue who she was. And his girlfriend said, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm casting for this new show, Come to Canada. It's The Bachelor. And my buddy, who is the quickest guy I've ever met, he's like, oh, no, 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 I got the guy for it. Don't worry. Um, and he soft pitched me right there. <gasps> and so I was in Barbados vacationing with my parents. And I get this call. And I said, hey, what's going on? She's like, it's Heather Muir from The Bachelor Canada. We're interested in getting in touch with you. I was like, yeah. What? And I hung up the phone. And no way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't an old rotary dial. It was my cell phone. So yeah, um, I love the old hand, they, <laughs> the old school. 
they called me back. I found out like there was 10 people left and I flew home, did the interview and they signed me the next day. So it was like without him passing on the street that day, I wouldn't be talking to you now. That's how crazy this whole thing was. That's like so guy to go from, from the football, sky. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of like meant to be that, you know, they were going to put on this football douchebag for the first <laughs> season of Bachelor Canada. And I, I like, I owe him everything because like my life has dramatically changed because after football, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do with my life because everything had just been football, football, football until I was 30. Right. Right. So it's it's and then next thing you know, the, the two days after they signed me, I'm in a mortician tux with you know makeup all over my face. They're painting on my eyebrows because they say I look sick without them. And wow. uh, you know, just dance dance for three and a half hours so we can get one shot to put on a billboard. And it was like, oh well, I love that your girlfriend has it up and and she's done a really nice job. She's stunning, by the way. We'll chat about her as well. Do you guys live yeah, together or where where are you at oh, right yeah. now? Are you in Canada? Yeah, we're back in Toronto. We were in LA for about a year. And previously, I was in for about four years living in LA, just kind of back and forth. Um, because with my shooting schedule, it gives me a lot of, you know, autonomy. But Toronto is, uh, is where we call home right now. It's, it's weird. I mean, like, I'm a Montreal kid born and raised. So it's weird yeah. to be in Ontario. But um, yeah, it's all right, I guess. I know. What was that like growing up in Quebec? I mean, it seems like it's a pretty small town. Well, my town was specifically, we had about 2,000 people. Okay. Um, and my dad was like the most famous person from that town because, yeah, he had played for the Montreal football team for 10 years, uh, ended up being the commissioner of the CFL. And then, uh, so it was just nepotism that got me into football pretty much. And uh, nepotism no, but, at its finest. <laughs> yeah. Nepo baby, very hard when you have to get beaten up for stats, but no, it was, it was really cool. It was like, it's, it's like, it's, you, it's hard to explain because it's like Europe and Canada. You, you step outside of Montreal. It's like nothing else in Canada can kind of like represent that. So it was really fun growing up there, but uh, a really big shadow seeing how like I, you were Larry Smith's son growing up and now my dad's a Senator. So it makes it even worse. Uh, it's just everyone expects you to be the best at everything. And you're like, man, I just kind of want to like chill and oh, right? work, work, work hard, do my own thing and just kind of like chill out a little bit. Oh, he's got to be so proud of you. I bet your parents were stoked when you got, I mean, first of all, most people. And so in the U S when you have a bachelor, obviously the first one was a different story, but yeah. it's usually the person's had to go on the bachelorette and get yeah. their heart. Yeah freaking shattered on national television than to become the bachelor so for yeah. you to just be like offered the gig you're walk you know someone's walking down the street i mean you're did you had you watched the u.s version like were you a fan of the show oh, yeah. did you understand the premise like yeah I, I i remember i got into it because uh of andrew firestone because my dad had done a couple of business dealings with firestones and that was how i got i think that was like season three i want to say uh, and then I just kind of rolled over because it's like one of my guilty pleasures is absolute trash television. Same. Like I think I watched, oh God, I think I watched Vanderpump. Like I didn't know what Vanderpump Rules was. And then I watched all 10 seasons in uh, I think four days. Oh, it was like, yeah. Isn't that the was, best? It's like, are you still watching? It's like, hello, rude. Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, <laughs> like I can't, I can't with my ADD mind, I can't binge watch anything because my mind doesn't allow me to not want to know the ending. So okay. it just, it, Netflix was fucking made for me, but I've beaten Netflix and prime now. So I don't have anything to watch. Uh, but no, it was like, I was a huge fan. And that's why like I've been offered so many of these podcast things and yours is the only one I came on because I was actually a fan of you on the show. Cause you were like the first bachelor bachelorette villain. Right. 
Yeah, but I mean, you, that you, he picked. Normally, the villains get sent home pretty early. The thing that was so wild about my season is like, yes, I was the villain, but he also, we got engaged. Yeah. Well, it's coming from somebody who's been on the screen, like, you know, that the they filmed 70, you know, seven days a week to put it down into two hours. So it's like impossible to, to get an actual character. The fucking craziest thing ever. Okay. This is skipping far ahead, but my first night on The Bachelor. Um, they bring out the girls. It's absolutely horrendous. I'm in a terrible suit. They gave me this little French Canadian haircut that made oh. me look like I was about to serve donuts out of a window. Like I need was... to find an image. I've got to find oh, it. It doesn't even look like me. It looks like like that. I was so happy. It was like, thanks. Use that. Cause the first night, oh, it, it was so pitiful, but I went into, in our mansion, they had, uh, where the garages, that's where the, uh, uh, like the studio production site was. That's, That's where same. the background and, was. In LA, they do. They have everything is kind oh, okay. of set up. Yeah. yeah. So I walked in the back. I didn't know I was supposed to be there, but they had to do a quick mic change. And I look up on the, the side of the wall and it has every single girl that's coming out before I've met them. Right. And that's it has cool. what, the, what their character arc is. No. Yeah. It had Did you like. you see villain? Whit was there. Yeah. Whit Whitney was the first one, the top. She was villain. She ended up being number two uh it had bianca like uh ball buster like it had every like tagline of how they're gonna play these people over the season and i was just like kind of mind blown i was like oh this is this is okay this okay. is what i thought it was <laughs> and then they're like and then they're like hey brad like uh, uh, we're ready to go and i was like go where and they're like uh, the girls are coming in i was like what do i do and they're like be yourself they're like be yourself and i was like trust me guys it's never worked out for me like Oh my, this is like my mind yeah. is blown. They just threw you right into it. They were fucking spraying down the driveway to make it sheen with the water hose. And I'm standing on the mark and they're going around me. Coming from a guy who's maybe been interviewed three times in football to having 21 cameras around. I was like, it was, the and then I just went into a, I think like a blackout stage for three and a half hours while these girls come out. And it was like, I remember the worst thing. This is a fucking, they're going to hate me for saying this, but they pulled me in after like 15. They're like, what do you think so far? And I was like, I don't know if I'm really attracted to any of these girls. Oh, no way. And I was going to ask you that. Like if you yeah. knew like kind of early on night one, my bachelor always said like, I knew night one. Like I knew who, who the final two were night one. That is amazing. I yeah. like so appreciate your honesty on that because it's so interesting to interview somebody who's, I mean, then, but then night one, you know that. So then, you know, you have to go on all these dates. You have to kiss. Did you, were you smoochy poochy on your season? I didn't watch your season. Oh, oh, don't. I mean, you save your fucking life. Don't watch no, it. Talk about binge watching a show. I would love it's, it. Listen, it actually ended up and still is one of like the biggest shows Canada's ever had, but it was be not because of me. It was because it was the first, right. you know, so the expectation level when I when they announced me, oh, my God, did I get fucking blasted, like called the the meanest things that you could ever think of. And thankfully, I've always been really self-deprecating, so it really didn't affect me that much. Oh, but I just I just remember the first night being like, listen, these girls are probably they could put a parking cone where I was standing. And those girls would fight for that parking cone. It had nothing to do with me. It's just that when they came out, I was like, I could tell just about how they interacted with me within the first 10 seconds if I wanted to spend more than five minutes with them. And that's just kind of how I've been with friends, relationships. Like I know very quickly whether I want to be around you for a long time or if, if this is going to be like an isolated conversation. That maybe sound arrogant, but it's just like no. my discernment level on humans. I've heard that from other 
uh, leads as well. And like yeah. in mine was like, I knew like I was the last out of the limo and I asked to be the last out of the limo. Cause I was like, he's not going to remember. It's kind of like what you were saying. Like yeah. just met 15 people and then. He oh, said, you remember. You yeah. remember. Like, oh, you do. Even if they're in, yeah. If they're middle of the pack, you, you remember. They Cause like, uh, I remember. So I, you know, like, you girls are all sitting in the mansion for like what people don't realize like seven eight hours while these things are going on and then that big entrance you know when he comes in and clinks the glass it's like <laughs> who the fuck comes in and clinks a champagne glass when you're a 28 year old guy but <laughs> ladies uh get so your I, chardonnay so I, so I refused to do that i sat in the middle of them in this like huge u and one girl looked at me and she was already like three sheets she she three days short of a full week she was so freaking wasted and she goes, you don't even know any of our names. <laughs> First thing she says, I sit down. And then I went around the horn and did all 25 names. Wow. Mic drop. And, and yeah, you're like, you're out of here. Get her out of here. <laughs> oh, she, I felt bad. She was a criminal defense lawyer, like a very smart woman. But just as you know, like, I don't, I, wait, so how long were you guys isolated for before you get into the limo? Oh, about two, three days. Yeah. In the hotel. Yeah, nothing, like. Like nothing in your room or yeah, uh, no TV. Well, actually, I was allowed to have my no. They took my cell phone. Yeah, and then like it's just like a revolving door of producers coming in. Yeah, yeah. So these girls, I think, were four days nothing, no books, no TV, no radio. So they put them in solitary confinement for four days, and then you know the first thing they get is this dress, and then you get shuttled to a limo with five people you've never seen. And then, you know, from how long was your time from the limo to stepping out? Like two, three hours? Oh, it was like an all day thing. I mean, oh, I'm like, okay, from stepping out to meeting him or? Yeah, from getting in that limo to meeting him. It was probably at least an hour. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. The, the girls in my limo got drunk. I mean, they oh, had yeah. champagne going. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we had to wait till the sun went down to start doing the limo exits and yeah, i was the last one so i was the last in the mansion and by the time i got there the girls were red hot they were like champagne <laughs> bottles deep and i was like i need to pace myself i'm a lightweight and i felt myself i mean we filmed about four five o'clock in the morning when the sun starts coming up because then yeah. it was the longest night ever and there was a point where i was like they had like this little veggie platter out and i was like i need to like eat something it's like three o'clock at the morning this is it i was like i'm getting a little drunky poo yeah. one girl yeah, like fainted one girl locked herself in the bathroom i mean it is good tv but you there's always that one who gets like i hate to say it, but like white girl wasted oh no it's fine it's fine we had three that were just atrocious we had <laughs> one girl set her hair on fire no. extensions. oh yeah she just like reached over and then put her hair right into a candle did they air yeah, that <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, but I didn't know it, and so she came and stole me from someone. So we're by the pool, and she sits me down, and I'm like, "Is there someone fucking burning in here?" <laughs> she had to tell me right there, and you just see the producers behind, like, <laughs> "Did you just like, light your hair on fire?" Did you just did, did, did it smell like burnt pubes? Oh wait, no. Um, <laughs> it was fucking. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, you say that about the walkout. Ours was so delayed. Uh, just because we had so many hassles, it was like nine nine thirty in the morning. I know. What? It was full walk of shames, and like some of the girls, there's girl like a cute little blonde girl who's walking, and they put her down this pathway that's not oh. even paved. Oh, it's a stone God. pathway with high heels, and she's just cranking. And she's like, I really wanted him to get to know me. It's just waste. <laughs> it was 
If people if people knew the depths of of how this is like the craziest, weirdest, worst psychological experience, ever. girls. It's... Oh, the, how the sausage is made, and and I I agree, and it's funny <laughs> like talking with you, like it's so nice to connect with people who have been through it and yeah. like kind of get it. But like I've heard that there was somebody I don't know it might have been Jason Mesnick said that he was in the office before my season even filmed, and it, they had this like. I've heard about the storyboard and the my, vision board, <laughs> the vision board. And under my picture, it said villain um, before it's, it's, I, I even went. It's because they want to take a strong, tall, assertive, good looking woman. Uh, they want to take type A and make that an issue. Yeah. Well, and I was a model. So they, they were like, oh, we've never had like an actual model. So they're like, we kind of had to do it to you. Like we're going to. But that. So how many women did you have? Was it like 25, 30? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, interest, interestingly enough, like as nobody realizes, everyone always asks me, like, did you get to pick the women? And the first night I got to pick, I think, 12, 12 of my guaranteed. And then they got to pick the rest. No way. And some, yeah. It's, and then so the, the best part was, so they thought they were getting some kind of stupid jock football player who could barely tie his own shoes. And, you know, it'd be good on camera. It'd be good for those sound bites. But, you know, I, my dad is, you know, by trade, a lawyer, a uh, very successful businessman. And my brother is a very, one of the smartest contractual people I've ever met. So as soon as I got the contract, I didn't sign it. And so night one, they started filming without me signing the contract. And I sent it to my brother and I said, you put every fucking addendum you can in this thing to just tie this up until the end so that I have an exit strategy if this is not for me. For me. So night one, when they started picking, I picked the 12, they picked, uh, I think we ended up at 15 for the first week. I think 15 girls. Yeah. So three, but they left out a girl that I want because she was like very nice trying to speak to me all night. Oh. And they said, they said, no, like, you're not doing that. Like you're not doing that. So I stood up there. They said, Oh, do you need to come in and out for the names? I said, no, I got them all. So I go through all 12 and then the host comes out and I look at them. I was like, no, no, you can go back for a second. And, goes, what? and uh, there was like two rose bushes on either side. And I picked a rose out and I, said i just really want an extra person in the room. they didn't have a bed for her they didn't have anything right in the mansion and they came back to the thing they're like you can't do this and i was like i i, I think we're gonna have very different paths here because i'm kind of gonna do whatever i want and uh oh. that's how it's gonna be and they hated me no brad so uh, i commend yeah. you for that i mean i've yeah. always what are you gonna do fire me and get a new guy and then redo the first night so i took the i took the risk and uh not only that like the, rest of the season like I got off-camera time, off-camera dates. I got full days with people. I got to be in the house with the girls when the cameras weren't there. Like, I really, like, from what, from here, all the stuff that happened on the, the U.S. version, I wanted the exact opposite. And wow. they let me do everything. And I said, if you want the ending the way you want the ending, you got to do this for me. And by the end, long story short, uh, when they got the second season, they got a guy who was just, like, going to do whatever they wanted to. A little they, puppet. They, and he was the antithesis of me. So they just wanted to get like, let's get Brad out of anyone's image here. But it, it's the only way it worked out. And we had so much more fun. Oh, my gosh. And like, just even to like have off camera time. And they gave they did spoil me on my season. I did get a little bit of that with my bachelor. But it makes yeah. such a dif such a difference. And wow, I'm so proud did of they, you for doing I, that. I, I, I can't let this go without asking my favorite question because I, I was a fan of your season. But did they prompt you to go into the water? Did they like say, go to Ben's place, get him and go to the beach? 
So they, or was that a you thing? It was, we had talked about it the day before at the end of a group date, but they didn't show that. I was like, Hey, that would be fun to do. And he was like, yeah, let's do it right now. I'm like, we're on a group date. Like we can't do that. Um, And he said, well, my, my one-on-one date tomorrow isn't going to last that long. Like he knew he was going to send her home. (laughs) And he's like, so how about tomorrow night? And I was like, okay, uh, sure. So they like, orchestrated this whole thing for us and I was like if I do this it needs to be blurred you guys need to be they were so far away Chris Harris they brought Chris Harrison out he was there watching it film I didn't know that he just wanted to see some titties totally but they were like so so far away but you don't realize like man they can really zoom in on that like (laughs) those those lenses are a hundred thousand bucks for a reason totally and I was so pissed though because when it aired they made it seem like he was like surprise like oh what are you doing here in a robe when uh, with the wine glasses like he pretend he pretended like he didn't know what was going on yeah yeah well i've always said this to people they're like what made you a decent bachelor and i was like well you have to be you know 75 percent a great guy and then 25 percent a great actor because like specifically for me when they close the door on a seaplane and i'm on that thing for two hours then to a private island for two hours and then like well, it's a 14 hour date with somebody that mm. you don't even want to be on. You have to like really be like, okay, composed. There's a camera. You have to get through this. And you have to, like, I've always tried to be respectful to people. And you have to respect that girl to that. This is her experience too. And regardless of my thoughts that are going on in my head, like this is for her to have a good time. So just crack open the beer. Let's get a little bit drunk and then everything will be fine. But you have to be able to have like that kind of, oh, and ha- like, what was the drinking like on yours? Oh, crazy, crazy. There was no drink minimum. I've heard now on the show they have a two drink minimum because they had like a little sexual assault thing happen in paradise. Um, and I was like, I Oh, I mean, in paradise? That makes no sense. I know. Not I was gonna ask you, did they ever lawless... approach you to come? Of yeah. course they did, to come down to paradise. You would yeah, be like hottie on the, the beach. Se- no, it was no. If I take off this shirt, I look like the fucking Michelin man. Um no, they, if, I think it was season two. They put a soft feel out to my agent and I said, absolutely not. Um, but they actually, then right after that, Bachelor Canada asked me to redo this, the third season. They wanted me back. No on way. Lender. Yeah, because I guess the ratings went so down low from the set, first to the second. And again, it had nothing to do with me. It's just like people don't want to see some someone who's, I think the reason like I was received well is they don't want to see somebody who, perceives himself as good looking successful and acts like that like mm-hmm. entitled whatsoever and i'm just a goof like i just uh, absolutely 90 percent. i love that about people. you i i love that you don't <laughs> post a lot on social media but like god you're funny never well yeah that's that's a tail end thing that i can answer after because bachelor did ruin my ego in that way oh, but okay. like yeah in, in good ways and bad but like this is where the ad comes in um what was i saying you were talking about the we we're talking about the drinking and uh, yeah. Okay. So the drinking Bachelor thing in paradise, was, and then they okay, asked so you then, to come back. By the way, look at you. This is why you're leading this. No, um, I am not firing so all they, cylinders. I'm pregnant with my third baby. I I have mom brain to the Con- fullest. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's, you said you should see what under here. It's like woo. I'm I'm waddling. Yeah, I look like an oompa loompa, really. No, I'm I'm one of those guys who finds pregnancy very attractive. So I I've think heard it's that like that's a really, like a thing. And yeah, like yeah, that's why my husband makes me feel like 
I'm like, babe, I just don't feel sexy, you know, and he always makes me feel good. But you were saying, I can't believe they asked you to come back. And but you, Yeah. not to jump too far ahead, but you picked Bianca, who I've messaged Mm -hmm. with over the course of how I don't know, she's just we follow each other. And she was so pretty, but you were with her for two years. Um, Yeah, yeah, so quite that when a while. that ended, they approached you again to come back on. They're like, hey, do you Yes. want to do this again? So I went to do a, um, uh, like an, like an after show for, I think third season or second season or third season. I forget which one. And at the after dinner, I was there with Charlene joint, who's on the Oh, U S I love version. her. Oh, she's one of the biggest beauties of all time. Um, and then, Classy. Br 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 and then Brooks, uh, Brooks Oh, was there. no way. We I had watched. a, we, go, go, go. You, uh, He called me and wanted to come meet me in LA. Did you hear that story? You kind of look like you know. No, no. I would listen. If I was single, I would have done the same thing. Uh, Brooks and I had a man crush for about a solid twenty-four hours. He was. We had a good time. Uh, He's a he funny was up guy. for. He was up for drinking as much as I do. So, uh, but yeah, we had dinner that night, and they said, you know, like, what are your thoughts about it? And I said, why? And they said, well, you know, I don't. they kind of apologized because like they had all these girls leaving the show being like, Oh, we miss how funny Brad is, but not showing a single thing that I was funny about. Uh, so My bachelor like they came. felt that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I saw Ben on an interview one time and he was a goofball and I was like, okay, I get it. You know, like, Yeah. uh, But they didn't but really show yeah, a lot of that on the show. no, They made him like they gave him the worst Francis haircut. His hair was he had the, so bad and like the humidity didn't do him Yeah. any favors. I have to show you this Yeah. picture. It, and he laughs But about it too. The the hair. but They were yeah. like flat iron. They were doing too much. They were flat ironing it. Yeah. And Funny oh. enough, funny enough though, he had the fryer tuck, but it would be really good nowadays. Like that's a haircut that would fly nowadays. I like your hair, by the way, right now. It looks good. I saw you were getting it done yesterday. Look at this. I don't know if you can see it. Let me see. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that meme before. I've seen that oh, one. I'm yard selling, by the way, my ADHD. So we were talking. So you met Brooks and Charlene. I was going to ask you, like, do you know Caitlin Bristow? I'm sure a lot of the U.S. girls reached out to you. Like random ones that have been on the show before, but not, again, like I don't post hugely on social media. I think that's something that in 2024 I want to change just because, again, like when I got on The Bachelor, it was not part of my life's plan. Oh, I Like don't even it think was... social media was that big yet then. Like No, Twitter it was just, it was, was. just, it was just Twitter. It was just, I remember waking up after I got announced and having like, I think I had like 200 followers and then it went to like 10,000 in a day, which was at that time in my life. I'm like, who the fuck are 10,000 people trying to follow me? But then in the notifications thing, it was all like, this guy's the biggest pussy in Canada. He is the biggest loser. Like how the fuck do you hire this guy? He's got a tattoo on his chest. Is that the best we could do Canada? Like. It was, it was so long story short, I've never had like a great self image of myself. That is, uh, that's okay. Because I come from a place where like, as long as my family and my friends love me, like I'm good. So then to get all this outward hate for nothing I did, except for a picture coming out and then to go through the process and, and oh my God, it was, it was, it was torture. So after that, I've just always been a hundred people can say something nice about me. One person says something wrong and it's just, it fucks with my head. Same. So that's why I, I have the Yeah. same thing. I, I feel like, and everybody says that, like Caitlin Bristow is out of Canada too. I, I'm a fan of hers. Yep. 
She went on yeah. to win Dancing with the Stars. She has her own wine label now. She's like yeah. put herself out there in such a big way. She's I I mean I couldn't ha- handle having a million followers. Like she has like over a million followers. Talk yeah. about like she gets so much online hate. I wondered if you'd ever uh, met her, or talked with her. She seems pretty cool. Uh, no, I've never done that. But when she was getting bashed on for sleeping with the the two guys on the show and then being That's open about it, slut shamed. Yeah. I, I I was hosting a morning like the GMA in Canada. I was uh, entertainment reporter on that, kind of like sub hosting for it. Well, I was hosting the show. But, uh, they asked so me about it, and I and I came out and like vehement. And I was like, well, why didn't a guy go into uh, you know? three fantasy suites and not be questioned once. And then next thing you know, this girl just wants to explore. Like, I'm sorry to say this, but we live in a time where sex before marriage is a thing. Like, and I apologize if that's against your values, but that's not against 50% of the country's values. So it's like, it's something that happens, especially like for people that are on reality TV, they normally would kind of be in a predisposition to be not very conservative people. Right. Right. So so it's it's a little unconventional. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you're not going to, you know, you're going to pump the gas before you drive the car. Like it's just something that you do. <laughs> I always it's, say that you got to test drive well, it. You're like, not going to drive you know, it off the lot yeah, until you take yeah, it if, for a couple laps. If you're not going to put it into six and try out the afterburners, it's just, what's the point? <laughs> like, but I, I was lucky because like I was in a situation where I could defend her. And I remember her mom or some sister or something reached out to me on Instagram and said, thank you so much. Cause it, then it became like news fodder in Canada. It's like, Oh, oh former bachelor defends Caitlin Bristow. And I was like, it's not defending. It's like the fact that she's a grown woman who can have sex with whomever she wants. Like, why is that the issue? Such a double, you know, standard. And that's so, that's so true. I love that you said, so- sorry, by the way. <laughs> sorry. I heard your, yeah. I heard your can- Canadian coming out. Yeah. You and- Most Canadian is gone from living in the States for so long, but I did the, the sorry. I don't say a boot, which is a good thing. Valid, uh, so. I, one of my best friends is from Hamilton. So um, <laughs> that's not that. But I Hamilton would, like, is not in Canada. <laughs> what? No, near Toronto. Yeah, but it's the armpit. We don't let we don't associate the Hamiltonian. I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> really? Oh, well, I have. She still sounds like very uh, cano- Canadian. Uh, Canadian. Canuck, Canuck. She's a Canuck, and she's like cutlery, and she says these certain words that like the chest, the Chesterfield. Get off the Chesterfield. No. Oh, yeah, so much. She she was uh, what is it when you call somebody a jerk, like a dank, a dink, I've never heard dink. That. He called people a dink. Oh, he's such a dink. Oh my God, that's so funny. But um, I wanted to talk about the fantasy suites since we're ta- talking about yes, that. Do you guys have, <laughs> how many did you have? And um, yeah, tell me about that. What was that like? So that's like, how, we filmed for two and a half months. How long was your filming from start to fantasy suites? Which yeah, was- we were like exactly the, I know the definition because it's how many days in a row I drank was 72. Oh, I was like, you're talking about the alcohol thing and we'll go into the fantasy. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you too, how the alcohol was on your, you had, it sounds like you had a free for all. Oh, okay. So two stories before fantasy suites. One was we had this mansion that was built by an old NHL player. It was beautiful on top of this uh, gorgeous, like we were in Victoria, which is Vancouver Island. It's like very exclusive. It's all like, they say you go there to study or you go there to die. And it's like, they had this wine room, but it was had a steel cage on it, like old school kind of. So you had to open these bars and then the girls would go in and they realized very early on that like they had to lock this thing because the girls would just keep drinking all night and then into the next morning and the party would never stop. 
So at one point I came in for a date and I'm like, uh, can we get a drink? And they're like, we got to go get the keys to the fucking, you know, the stellar that we've now like, so they were unlocking the thing. And I'm just imagining these girls sitting there, like Oliver Twist with their cup, just clinking it on the bars, just waiting for the alcohol to come out. Open, open, Se open. <laughs> secondly, the drunkest I ever was on the show was we had a four on one date. Oh. And it was like, you know, we were doing this, uh, one of our big magazines here, like, like, um, be like a Cosmo in the States. We're doing like a four page spread. So we did this thing. And then after they're like, you know, we're going to go to dinner. And I was like, well, I've got this penthouse upstairs. Why don't we just get a bartender and like make drinks and like have like a little party? So like, great, hey, yeah, great idea, Brad, let's do it. <laughs> so long story short, we had espresso martinis. That was the only thing. I had about 15. Uh, so I was jacked out of my tree. Well, they're little drunk. glasses, but. One girl was puking off the balcony. One oh. girl was puking in the bathroom. One girl was upstairs crying on the bed, being like, I don't know. And then one girl was trying to make out with the bartender that we hired. <laughs> and so to end the show, they're like, Brad, like, fuck, we just need you to go grab this rose. They're like, I can't make my decision tonight. And so I don't really remember this, but like, I guess I couldn't speak. So I was like, it's gonna make the decision, you know? So I had to go, I had to go. So in, I had to go to ADR, like the after, you know, so that you do your voices after for anything yeah. that was missed. And I had literally like, girls, I can't make this decision tonight. And they shot it from the back. So you just see me going. We're hanging from and the chandelier. I, and I just remember waking up the next day and all the girls came and they were like, we're so sorry. And I was like, you're so sorry. This I don't even fucking idea. remember. Yeah. yeah, I don't even remember what happened. I know I made out with all of you individually in unique different parts of the room, but <laughs> it was the drunkest I think to this day I've ever been. Cause I, I think I passed out on the couch and they were after everyone leave while they were breaking down all the lights. You yeah. had some blank tape. That sounds with, like you're, I, so you, you like to party <laughs> and as espresso it, martinis. Oh. Uh, it was a, it was, and then the worst part was we had to be up at 6 30 AM the next morning to do a date. So wow. I had to go into I had to go into the room, surprise one of the girls, and then go on a date. And it was like six thirty in the morning, and I looked like four pounds of horse shit. And she like woke up, and I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" I, I was like, I was like fucking smoking darts outside all night. It's like, "Hey, uh, what's up?" You got your martini all... espresso breath. You're like, "Do you want a yeah. martini?" I st I'm still wearing the white shirt that's just stained with you know brown fucking Kahlua on it. But She's that, so that, excited that's... for her one-on-one -on -one date. They did. He did that. I had a one-on-one -on -one date uh, on my season in Belize, and then he had. He's like, I have an early morning today, and he had to wake up the girl that was sleeping in my bed to go on the date. Yes, that's kind of uh, that's that's going to be in a Harlequin novel if you put that story up. I didn't know it was her. Right? <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah. And I just remember I was like, I had like a Montezuma's Revenge. Have you ever had that? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, and so I remember I had already woken up that morning. I was like sick to my stomach and something happened in Belize. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like, what if he came in when I was in the <laughs> Just time. shitting the ball out. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the laxatives kicked in because that's a whole other yeah, topic yeah, is when yeah, you're traveling yeah. and you're like you said, there, you had this w amazing wine room. And so you didn't have a minimum at all. They did not clip your wings, no, I mean, Brad. I mean, they realized that the only way they were going to get the sound bites out of me because I was not a sound bite guy. Like I wouldn't, if they're like, oh, tell me how much, you know, you love Bianca. Well, you know, and then they'd be like, no, look, say like, I love Bianca because I'm like, I'm not going to say it. 
So oh. they knew that by the end of the night, after all the dates, when you're doing your in the moments, like that, if they gave me some wine, I'd probably give them something. But there's never like they hated me for the uh, the sound bites, though. Same. Because they would like, like shame never... me into it. They'd be like, "You need yeah. to be vulnerable. Like you're coming across as like very cold. Like we need to start seeing tears." Vulnerable. Here. <laughs> I just showed my titties on the beach. I mean, come on. How much? I just, oh, it's so true, Brad. Uh, But then we do like at the end of the season, they bring you back and they, you have to bring every outfit and we do the sound bites and you pick, do pickup shots and they'd be like, we want you to say winning. We want you to like, by then I had like wised up. I was like, I am not saying that again. Good for you. Good for you. But it took a while. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it it transfers right into fantasy suites because I had three of them. And we okay. got to go all over all over the world, uh, which was great because people thought Canadian Bachelor, we'd be at a McDonald's in Hamilton, right? Um, I'm just making fun of Hamilton. I love the hammer. One of two of my best friends growing up was from Hamilton. So I just... I love Canadians. They, um, but no, so we went, we had it done by Tourism Canada. So some of the provinces that we had are people that no one's ever heard of, which is New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and, and PEI. And Nova Scotia. So those are called the Maritimes and they're gorgeous in the summer, right? Because they're all pretty much have, you know, most of them have 90% coastline. So we had one in each destination that we went to. And the first two girls on the trip, I knew that it wasn't them. So, but it's hard, right? Because right. They you like have to go it. through the motions. When, when you get into the fantasy suite, there's a, they are believing that you're at the same level as you sorry they're believing that you're at the same level that they are and if you aren't at that same level well that girl will walk off and then you don't get the rose ceremony so like that's where the the psychotic acting has to come in Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to do that so by the time we got in the fantasy suites the first time i pulled the lighting director who was also like one of my best friends on the like through the whole travel experience and i said you get me enough fucking wine to pass the fuck out or I can't do this. So literally they come in, you know, you go up to your room and you see the bed and it's all sprinkled with, you know, roses. And it's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You you make out for a couple minutes on the bed. They shut it down. They're like, okay, we're out. We're going to give you guys the night. And I was like, order me some Wendy's and where's the wine. And I, I think it was like six, six 30 the next morning they came in and I was out cold on the floor on top of the roses Cause I got, cause I wasn't going to sleep with her and I didn't want her to know that I didn't like her. So I just got loser drunk. Oh, good for you. I think that that's a brilliant idea. That is such an epic. Story. Yeah. So I got, I got loser drunk to like both of the first two times and just like, you know, then the next day you're doing the rose ceremony and it's, you haven't seen the person since. And it's like, I know this is fucking awkward, but thank God I didn't just do it just to do it, you know? Wow. I appreciate uh, your candor. So you were able to get out of two of them. And then Bianca, you probably, yeah. Knew you were I, I mean, pick. before the, before the fantasy suites, I might've hooked up with one of the other girls, but that was, <laughs> was that on one of your that, like uh, rule breaking, like, you know, off yeah, camera times? Yeah. Well, I found, I found that on the bachelor, you didn't really have to ask questions because the second you ask questions, they would stand up and be kind of cognizant of what you were trying to do. But if you just listen, the PAs and the producers gave everything away. So when we would go to these hotels, I would understand that they're in the same hotel with me. And I would just listen for stupid random words. And they would say like, oh yeah, no, like Benny's going here. And like, uh, you know, Boppy's over here. And I, and I got like, they would just use these little code words for them. So I like, I forget what it was. It was like Benny Boop or something. 
uh, they're like, Benny Boop's staying here. And I called the front desk. I was like, oh, can I have Benny Boop's room? And they said, yeah. I was like, hey, what's up? And we talked on the phone for like an hour. And then she came up and we uh, had fun. Wow. Did she make it to the uh, final three? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is, oh my gosh, Brad, you are, but, a, this is so cool because a lot of people just follow the rules. I did that too. I was like, can you just sleep in my room one night? Like, I was yeah, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. when you date in the real world, it's like you have your, that person's number. You can text her out today. Like, even like you said, just talking on the phone. We, and this is the funny thing is I've never told the producers. I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but she was like, you know, what are we going to do on my hometown day tomorrow? And I said, well, let's just run through everything we want to talk about right now. We'll get the good answers and then we'll just repeat it tomorrow so that you're not uncomfortable. And so we basically ran lines. And then when we got to her family's house, like the one thing that I've always been good at is like, people are like, oh, fuck it. Coming to see my parents. My parents are so tough. And I'm like, I don't know why. I've always been like, it's your parents. It's, don't worry. So I walked in and the the parents were uh, lovely and probably the, the best uh, hometown date I had because of the parents. But when we got into conversations, it was just she had the automatic answers and it was quick and it was easy. And that's because the night before they're like, oh, my God, that was so good. And then I was like, yeah, well, if you only knew that this was all pre-planned. <laughs> wow. And you but, know what? Uh, that makes sense. I mean, wow. And so with hometowns, that's it's funny you talk about that. Did you have to like, are you coached to like, hey, you have to ask for a hand in marriage kind of a thing? Because I hey, actually didn't um, okay. any of them. Um, I, that's not true. I think uh, well, it was tough because of the hometowns, again, I already knew what was going to happen at the end. So it felt really disingenuous to to even be, and I like I tried to save. It's it's the it's the craziest thing you can say out loud, but like I tried to save some of my credibility after, even though you had to lose a lot of credibility doing things, mm -hmm. right? So, and one of them I didn't was I didn't want to like talk to parents as if I was going to marry their daughter. I would have fun with them. We got drunk with all the parents. We had a freaking blast with all of them. I had messages from them after being like, "We didn't even care about your daughter. We just had fun that night." Because I was like, listen, like TV is a fuck, it's awkward experience for everybody. Yeah. So my job, which actually transitioned into like now being a host, is like I make everybody that is going to be on camera know that I'll take the brunt of the jokes. I'll be the one to like lay down, like, you know, making fun of myself first so that you can just be comfortable around the situation. Because it's fucking, it's a disaster when you're just, a, you know, you might have a high job or you might have a no job or whomever you are in life, but then eight cameras come in and they're stationed around your table telling you to eat food that's cold and right. enjoy it, you know? My dad always jokes, so, like, it, they came in and they made it look like it was the last supper, but we couldn't eat any of the freaking food, you know? <laughs> and my mom was so nervous all day. She hated it. She didn't like The oh, Bachelor. Dude. She was, like, saying mad things about him on camera. I'm like, Mom. <laughs> Ben's a real shithead. Uh, I don't even like, know why he's in the fucking What's going house. on with his hair? What's that peacock <laughs> on the back of his head? <laughs> Why does he look like a disheveled surfboard operator? <laughs> yeah. I she's actually like talking she's... shit. I'm like, oh my god! It's like it's so yeah. cool that you could be de self-deprecating like that. I don't know. Is that a Canadian thing, um, or uh, is that no, just a you that's thing? My, that's my parents. They would kick my ass if I was ever arrogant. I went through a period where I was a cocky piece of shit for sure. I mean, what? How I old were you? Like in your twenties or? I when I kind of made a discerned idea, like a, a cognizant switch in my life to not essentially care about what people think but care enough about yourself to care about what people think to have a good reputation i was probably 24 
Oh, uh, that's young. I well, I came out of football and I, you know, I got a scholarship very early on because I was pretty decent. And then I went to university on a full scholarship. And then as a rookie, I was an all Canadian, which is, you know, you're one of the you know, 24 best players in Canada. You're a wide I receiver. I had to, I don't, I'm not going to pretend yeah. like I know about football, but my husband played in college <laughs> and I'm like, babe, um, he had a sports it, question that I want to ask you before we hang up. But, um, but that's, yeah. that's a big, I mean, that's a big deal in Canada. Well, so so you're an 18 year old and then not only was I an all Canadian, but I was the first ever father son all Canadian because my dad was on the first ever all Canadian team as a running back. So it became this big thing. It became kind of notary. Like uh, it was like very recognizable in the fact that like Larry was still in the football atmosphere. And so that's my father's name. And it, I just thought I was the shit at an early age. You were like the golden, kinda... the golden boy, golden child. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I just let it get to me, and I, you know, was walking around a university where I thought I was big shit, and um, uh, it ended up culminating in when I played my first year in the CFL, I was uh, your typical football player, like going out drinking, chasing girls, even though I had a girlfriend, and I ended up cheating on my girlfriend, and she found out, and that was the split of my life. Bro, right there. that was like yeah, a, I was yeah. the. It was the first year Facebook was really a big thing in 07. And some girl wrote her. It's like, is Brad Smith your boyfriend? And she's like, yeah, well, he was hooking up with my best friend last night. And I remember at that moment, because I'd always been a really sensitive kid, even though I was trying to mask it with all this douchery. And uh, I remember just being more crushed by that than anything. And that was like the moment where I was like, oh, that, and I've never really kind of stemmed back to that because it was just such a waste fun, but just a waste of time as a human. Wow, you could be a motivational speaker. Seriously, you kind of that you have a quality about you that does remind me a little bit of Clayton Eckhart, and he was a football player as well. He does yeah. motivational speaking, but I was going to ask you about your football times. Like, uh, I I did date a, a someone who played football in college, another one, and but did you have cleat chasers as part of that? Do you think does that stem from like yes, like the attention, but like the women that that just almost like well, idolize you because i mean it's it's a story old as is time that there's I, yeah, chasers, there's think, a lot of attention it, it, mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In Canada, they're called puck bunnies because hockey's the bigger uh, oh. the draw, right? So if you're a puck bunny, that's the girl who you know follows or excuse me follows you around to hockey rinks and uh, is very enamored by your that hockey is skills. So we so funny a puck bunny. Yeah, so we do have jersey chasers here, but it's not really the same because I went to a very very smart school uh, for university, which was almost impossible to get into, and I got in because of football. Uh, my grades weren't good enough. I've never really been a school guy. Uh, I'm like I pride myself on being very smart, but I just with my ADD, I could never sit down and do something. Uh, like I couldn't write an essay. I couldn't, I could take tests, which is how I got my degree. But when we got there, it was just such a crazy world change for me because I went to an all boys school in high school. And oh. thankfully I did. I did because if women were in that situation while I was at that age, I would have failed out. Uh, I don't know how, to, I didn't know how to talk to women. I wasn't great at breaking the ice still to this day. Not if you talk to me first, I'll talk to you for 10 hours, but I will never break the ice. I'll sit in the corner by myself and kind of be by myself. Very weird that way. So when I came, um, when I came on the bachelor football, had kind of everything that happened with football that had then changed my personality had kind of still kept me isolated. But what football did was understand that like I was attracted to women, but I wasn't going to use that as a primary footstep, which a lot of guys do at that age. Yeah. Right. Like they can, I knew I could get girls, but I didn't know how to because I had no game. That surprises me, but but that makes sense though, coming from an all boys school. I had no game. I didn't know I was I was so uh, I was in such fear of uh, of being rejected uh, just by opening my mouth. Um, you know, my buddies were always getting the girls, and then I'd be able to talk to them based on the group that we were in. But I would never. I'd sit at a bar by myself with my friend and let them do all the talking and I would just sit back. And the only girls that I dated until I was on the bachelor were all girls who talked to me first, never reached out because I was just so scared that I wasn't going to be good enough. For them. You know, and that was just uh, a kid. That's always been a fear. Now I understand my value more so, but it's just like, uh, I just remember those times of being like, when I went on the bachelor, no one had known at that time. I'd never been on a date before, like a real date. Like I had just met girls, we'd hung out and we started dating, but I'd never been on like a date with somebody I didn't know. And then 25 girls popped up. And that's why I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, just be, your, just be yourself. Just be yourself. Like, no, what do I do? What so, I was like, guys. And so that kind of changed my whole life with my confidence of speaking. But still to this day, I have a massive fear of rejection. Wow. I, that's yeah. really good of you to be able to admit that. And like, what a, a wild thing that to, to be that way and then to be put in that position as the first Canadian bachelor and have the weight of the world <laughs> on your shoulders and all of Canada uh, chiming in about you. I, uh, I remember I remember bawling my eyes out about two days before I got on the plane to go out to British Columbia. And I was talking to my friend Kathleen, who's actually the LA girl, and she was like, Brad, please don't go on the show. Like, don't fucking do it. Like, it's going to ruin your life. People think you're like this for the rest of your life. So come to LA. I'll give you a job. Just please don't do this. And I was like, I thought at that point, I was like, I've been through so much. I've owned up to what I was probably from the time I was about 19 to 22, 23. Uh, I've transitioned into being what I think is a really like respectable person. Uh, Not that I wasn't respectable before. I was just, I thought my shit didn't stink, you know? So it's like, it was like mcgruber i'm here to tell you your shit does hey well at 24 (laughs) at 24 to figure uh, that out and to make a switch is pretty it's probably why you ended up landing the gig you know how old were when you when you filmed it 
uh, just turned 29. That's a good age. I feel like that is when you are genuinely yeah. like, did you feel like, okay, I'm, you know, you were probably going to get engaged. Did you feel ready at that point in time to settle down? No, no. Okay. No, no. I went on the show for an experience for sure. Um, I said, I said to them that if you guys put the right person in the room, I'll find them. But I like, I, even during my press junkets, like after the show, they fucking hated me because my PR was, I've been PR'd since I was a little kid because my dad had always been in front of the camera. And so they came to me, they're like, did you think this was going to happen? And I said, no, I didn't. But if they put the right person in front of me and the show was going to go a certain way, I think I could make it happen. Because at that point, it was 2013, and you'd only seen Unsuccessful except for like Tristan Ryan, right? right? Or, Jay or Jason uh, Molly. Um, so it was like, you know, you have 20 case studies of how it doesn't work. I'm not going to be the one guy who's going to go in there and be like, I'm going to find my wife, you know, like I didn't yeah. want to be that joke. So I made it a very realistic approach, but at the same time, it's like, it, it was a very unique time because I think it was like at that maturation point where it's like, okay, well you can go one way or you can go the other. And one way is you isolate yourself, you work a nine to five and you create a life down this path, or we see where this fun takes us. And I just, you know, through football and having to focus on that my entire life, I'd never really got to have fun outside of partying with the guys. Like I never traveled or did things for myself. And this was like, oh, we're going to go to Barbados, Mexico, like all over the world. And, and it's like, fuck, like, let's, let's try this out. Like, why not? It's like a, it's then, a once in enough, a lifetime. Yeah. And then you met Bianca and, and you get paid yeah. to do it. Do you remember how yes. much they paid you to do it? Yes. Yes. Was it, it like was more than I made playing football? <laughs> was it so like long six story figures? Short, I can tell you how much my bachelor it, made. It was, but they offered me the first contract and it was 28,000 Canadian and it had all these conditions. And then when I told my brother, right, every single addendum that you had, I signed the contract, I think 14 days before the engagement with everything that anyone could want. And I don't want to like make it a big deal, but it was, I got cash on top of the thing. I got all my clothes. I got trip. I had uh, me and Bianca had five trips set up after that were all paid for like high end trips. Couples, yeah. That's... Yeah. It's like to send. Yeah. I, I like the God love my brother, but I was like, I don't care if it says fucking Brad wants to eat green M&Ms. Just make them think that I'm a princess and you put everything in because like, you know, when I got off that show, there was only two people that didn't like me. And that was the executive producer and director. Um, and I didn't care about that because the lighting, the sound, the camera crew, uh, my director specifically, and all the people associated with love me because I, you know, the first night we were there, like I remember them trying to carry my bags and then put me into, a, they put me into a limo and I see all the sound and camera and lighting guys going into this like sprinter van. And I'm like, well, why can't I go with them? And so they sent the limo away. And so I traveled with the camera guys for the next uh, nine and a half weeks. And we were like best friends. And that's what made the show better. Oh, those are your peeps. Yeah. That's like, you're like the yeah. salt of the earth, Brad. Seriously. And you know what? They no, didn't no, like no, no, me no, no. either. I, I mean, that just happens. Like the, the main people didn't like my guy because he would order like the most expensive bottle of wine. Like he was like, I'm on ABC's dime. Like I remember at the end, <laughs> once we got engaged, we were like at a ski chalet in Switzerland and we had a personal chef that night, but I remember like they brought like a menu and he ordered like a $2,000 bottle of wine or something. <laughs> they did. They were not happy. Like, oh. 
<laughs> we were in we were in PEI, which is some of the best oysters in the entire world. Oh, uh, and and earlier that earlier that day, we actually we had like four hours off, and I got one of the guys who works at the restaurant right beside our hotel. We went in hip waders, and we went down to the beach, and we walked around. And when you step on something hard, you take it out of the water, and they would crack the oyster right there. And he had like a belt with a mignonette lime horseradish, sorry, lemon and horseradish. We ate oysters right out of the water. So then I go on this date. And we go back to that restaurant and I'm hearing like, I'm sitting here and there's a door and all the other people are sitting in the back, all the production staff and everything. And all I hear is like, we got to get this kid to stop fucking eating. He's eating us out of our fucking budget. Because I showed up on the show at like 177 pounds, which is emaciated for me. And I said, you have two weeks to do all your shirts off shots. And then I'm going up over 200 again. Never so by the end of the camp. <laughs> so by the, I started at 177. By the end of the show, I was like 205. And on that day at PEI, I ate 144 oysters of like the most expensive ones that you can get in Canada. And they were fucking, they're like, first of all, how do you eat, you know, 14 fucking dozen oysters? And I was like, I love them. Second, second of all, how are you not dead? And third of all, this plate costs like 850 bucks plus the wine you've had. And I'm like, find another bachelor, guys. That Write was what it I said off. <laughs> I wish you had that. Guy, I'm fine with that. That would be so classic. Frame it <laughs> over <laughs> your toilet. <laughs> Do you want to know something hilarious? Is when I got the show, and I'm very open about this. When I got out of the CFL, I started bartending. Right, I just wanted the least amount of. I'd always been in high pressure stuff where I was fighting for my life on a daily basis. Cut, traded, waved, whatever. I was like 19 times in six years, driving down the road only to get the call like, "Turn back, we need you to play tonight." Like. It was crazy. So I bartended for three months at this bar right downtown Toronto. I had the best time ever. No fucking responsibilities. And they said, Brad, like, we got to get you out of the bar. if We're going to sign this contract. We'll put you up in a hotel for, I think it was like three weeks and we'll pay for everything. But just remember to take your receipts. And the first day that you fly out to BC, we'll do your you know receipt chart. So I'm giving them all these receipts. And there's this place downtown that I went every single night. And they're like, Brad, what is this fucking Joey's place? And I was like, oh, it's where I ate every single night. And they're like, who the fuck is eating $200 of food a night? And I was like, steak and sushi. And it, so long story short, they come to this one bill and they get so fucking pissed. And they're like, Brad, we are not paying for you and all your friends to eat. And I was like, I never ate with my friends. They're like, there's two steak and sushis here and 21 Guinnesses. And I was like, yeah, that was just me. And they were like, oh, well, who the fuck did we hire? What the fuck is going on? And I was Our like, heads are falling off. Yeah, yeah. I sold a, a a dead parakeet to a kid in a wheelchair with his head sewn on. You know, pretty bird. He's like, pretty don't worry bird. about it. I took care of it. <laughs> Just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, um, you totally redeemed yourself. That's my favorite. These are these are not even scratching the surface, but I was such a problem to these two people. But I was such a, uh, as the casting director said, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. To, because they, you know, they're used to working with very stiff people, and I was just like, I think I learned how to say no very quickly and not feel bad about it, uh, which I never. I was such a people pleaser, and still am today. But like the people that don't have the right to interject on me, I'll be like, no, that's all right. We're just going to do this. But it was it was atrocious what I put them through. Wow. Well, hey, I think you gave them a good show. And that's what my dad always says. He'll say, give them a good show. And like, give I a think, good one. Like, yeah, give them a good one. And I'm like, you know, some days I'm not feeling it. And he's like, 
you know, buck yeah, up, buttercup. Yeah. And I can't imagine like you're out, you're drinking these martinis, then you have a date the next day. It's grueling. Like what, we, I mean, I, I know yeah. it sounds like all glamorous, but my, uh, you know, I was friends with Ari and he did the bachelor. He came back and he told me everything. And he's like, Cordy, you couldn't, I don't think you could handle like the lack of sleep and he got sick all the time. And my oh, yeah, was, was, was sick constantly because you're traveling and you're kissing yeah. all these people. And, but I mean, what a once in a lifetime experience. And by yeah. the way, I haven't thought of something that triggered me was Ari. I went to Indy 500 with him and he called him track oh, yeah. snacks. Tracks. I think that's a filthy fucking connotation right there. <laughs> I know. Well, girls were kept coming up to him, and he like they knew him from like the years of being there. And he's like, "Oh, we call yeah, that a track snack." That's awesome. Oh. Hey, come in here. I'll let you rotate my tires. You know, fucking <laughs> no. But you say that about the traveling. I remember they're like Brad. Like we want to do this two on one date. It's going to be a huge point. It's the direct middles of the of the show, and this is our only two on one where we send a girl away. We want it to be epic. So we want to go to like Memphis, Tennessee, or we want to go to, I forget the other place. And I said, I'd really love to go to Paris. And then they said, oh, I don't know if we can pull that. And I said, listen, I've never been overseas. It'll be a good character arc as like, this is my first time experiencing it with the two girls. We, they booked it last minute. And to get, at that time, our traveling crew was like 25. So to get 25 people on flights to Paris, we went from Victoria to BC, BC to Calgary, Calgary to Toronto, Toronto to Germany, Germany to Paris. Germany, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Paris. That was the only way through. Wow. That took 36 hours, okay? So my producer needed a break. So I got this new producer and I realized I could just fuck with him the entire time. Like, oh, if I said we were going to jump, he'd be like, how high, Brad? So, <laughs> and they had just released the first ever magazine during the filming and I was on the cover. So as we're going through all these, you know, Canadian airports, it's like, you know, just, <laughs> me on the cover of the magazine and we got on the flight overseas from toronto to uh germany first and we snuck a uh, 60 of vodka on so a handle of vodka and we <laughs> we fucking pounded it and the guy caught us and he's like you know i could kick you off the fucking flight and my producer grabs a magazine goes look at him he's right here <laughs> He goes, he goes, I don't care who you are. I don't care that you're beside Justin Bieber. He was a French guy. So I don't care that you're beside Justin Bieber. You cannot drink on the plane. We were so fucking hammered. And we then we landed in Amsterdam and we had a seven hour layover. And I go, fuck it. I'm in Amsterdam. It's 530 in the morning. I take the producer and we fucking sneak out of the airport and we go into Amsterdam to find like a place where we can smoke weed. And we find this all day breakfast place. We get whatever, you know, we do that stupid Euro trip thing where it's like, let's order the high, like the worst content of weed that we can get. We smoked like two joints. I am in, I don't know, I'm in Amsterdam at this point. I ate two big breakfasts. And then this is the story I was told because I blacked out because I had like four steins of beer, which is like 64 <laughs> ounces. They're like, where's Brad? We have to leave in an hour. Where's Brad? They're circling around the German and uh, the airport in Germany, and they find me face down in a McDonald's ball pit. No, <laughs> sleeping, sleeping. I hope Just somebody sleeping. took a picture of that. No, no one took a picture. And then they're like, everyone called me Smitty or the kid. And they're like Smitty, and I'm like, so I get up. I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm fucking good, good. I got this. And I'm, I'm sitting there in this fucking tight V-neck, still in shape, tight jeans, and I have black Ray-Bans on. And the guy goes, 
where have you been? I go, well, you know, we were here and there. But, you know, where, where, you know, where were we was the question. And then the director's like, this guy's fucking toasted. So he lifts up my glasses and my eyes are beet red. And you can tell that I'm just not a part of this universe. rocking the ganja. He goes, he goes, how toasted are you? And this is legitimately what I said. I go, well, what's your scale? Because if I say like 10 and it's out of 100, that's not that toasted. But if I say 10, it's out of 10. And he's like, oh my God, we got to get this fucking. So they got me on the plane, got two hours of sleep. And then I went on a date in Paris. So we walk under the Eiffel Tower and we- You're I'm like, okay. still like drunk. My heart, high drunk, my heart is racing. This girl is honestly one of the sweetest girls ever. I actually eliminated her that night because I was like, you don't deserve this. Like if we were, we'd be best friends outside of this, but like, I don't want to put you through the next four weeks. We go to the hotel room and we're in like robes and you know, doing that thing where you're like in robes, like feeding each other and I, which I think is fucking disgusting. And I go to the camera, the camera guy, who's my best friend, I called him uh, Meat Horn because he always used to wear cargo shorts that didn't leave anything to the imagination. Oh, a little. Uh, I, what do they I call said, a little? What do they call it? The... It's a moose knuckle. Moose knuckle, yes. This guy was packing, this guy was packing batteries and heat in his cargo Keep pants. the mouse um, in the house. So I was like, um, I was like, Meat Horn, we got to stop this right now. And the director comes in, he goes, don't stop it. And he always protected me got all the guys to turn off the cameras. I had a panic attack right there because I was so, it was like day 60 and I was so- Burnt out. Fucking, well, literally burnt out, but just running on gear six for the entire time. But luckily after that, I never got sick. We went back to the same thing, but that was the most debaucherous thing I've ever done on TV. And now I don't drink if I have to shoot the next day ever, ever. Oh, the panic is- Just because I- the panic real. attack oh real once, once you get it once on camera it's a fucking thing that sticks i had right one in your once mind. on camera actually and I, it was so bad the comments i did an e-news interview and it was for my book launch and i was so anxious because i didn't know if warner brothers was going to try to sue me yet i didn't tell them i was writing a tell-all and i got one in the interview and i just remember the comments were like i've never seen anybody more nervous in an interview and i was like literally dying inside <laughs> you guys have like four or five minutes here we just need a quick break <laughs> that is so that was like probably i mean you just hit the wall at that point oh well it was it was just a combination of 36 hours of traveling like no sleep going on a date being absolutely like not thinking about the show per se, but just thinking about your own pleasure in the moment, which was probably the most irresponsible thing to do. But then like once that happened, we had a good moment and then we got a great date with that girl and she was just like one of the best people on the entire show. Um, but then it was like probably one of the most disrespectful bachelor exits I've ever seen. So Paul Neuf is the very famous bridge in Paris that has all the locks on it, right? Yeah. So you know, if you lock and you throw your keys away. They had these girls in fucking what was it was a very famous gown designer i forget the name but these are like ten thousand dollar dresses that they're giving the girls and heels walk from each side of the bridge towards me while i'm standing on the bridge mind you traffic is going we don't have permits here each side is about a kilometer to walk in okay and i'm standing directly in the middle and in front of everybody who's now stopped and realized there's a rose here this is the bachelor are like screaming and then i have to go like Bianca and the other girl gets they're like don't say goodbye to her and I'm like I'm not gonna, I'm gonna fucking say so they want like, like they physically tell me to stop and don't move as they get the camera shot of her getting into a horse and carriage 
And as she walks away, I pretty much yell, fucking stop. And everyone stopped. And I go, and I was like, I'm so sorry about, they didn't show it on TV. I'm like, I'm so sorry about this. This is fucking terrible. Like I would, I didn't know that we were going to do it this way. And like, it was, it was like, it was, if I was a, a girl or if I was a guy in that situation and a girl had done that to me, I would have been fucking irate because not like the optics of it were so and that would ruin the rest of my life in an image mm-hmm. you know? oh my god but, i wish i could see that i need to go back and watch it somewhere i gotta find it that's insane and did you have you didn't obviously have a say in that i mean luckily you did well, I knew it was, along the way i knew it was bianca so that was the clear and and then we had to put someone that was close to her and i had a really good relationship with this girl lauren beforehand and again lauren even after that only had the, like the nicest things to say we had great dates she was only one of like if it was in a different situation it probably like i don't know i just didn't want to i didn't want to bring anyone home who i would actually disrespect their families and it be them having so much love like the other two girls i brought home they kind of knew that it wasn't them but they were a lot yeah. you know and what i've I mean? heard that and i didn't want to bring someone girls yeah yeah, I didn't want to bring someone home who was just going to be like, be like, oh, my God, maybe it's going to happen. And like me be like, oh, my God, like I was a bartender. I'm not even the most. These people think I'm the most eligible. I was fucking hucking vodkas and sodas like three weeks ago. Huh? <laughs> Which I love, by the way, that you did that. And I think that everybody yeah. should work in the service industry at some point. Love in it. Life. Loved it. I, lo I had a friend who went to Cornell, brilliant. He's He was a he wanted that kind of same experience. And he's like, if I could, I would work in a restaurant my entire life but it also yeah. just like puts like you know when you go out to eat you really appreciate you tip people and like the work that goes into it so yeah you have well, a good well, head I, on I, your I, shoulders well I, I did open two restaurants in 2016 and they got closed because of covid so i don't have them anymore but that was literally be oh, don't worry about it shit happens in life but literally from that three month experience, I was like, I got to find a way to get into this because the people that you work with and everyone else, like the, the mentality that you maintain, it's, it's almost like being in college. Like you're not actual workers. And if you had an HR department, all of you guys would be fucking fired. But at the yeah. same time, you respect one another and you can say things like almost like a family would. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, but like it, it was, it was a real shock to me that when people were like, well, they hired you and you were just a bartender I was like well i mean like i have my degree and i did just retire football but i was just taking like a break in my life for the first time so and funny enough like i got off the show and realized that like all the little placeholders that they put for the girls none of them were actually their jobs oh no way oh yeah that's like a real oh. thing like they'll be like dog walker they come up with like, the most <laughs> asinine things even here <laughs> By the way, I have to ask if you're watching the Golden. Did you watch the Golden Bachelor? I loved your little post you did. Do you still watch the uh, show here? Uh, after after I've after I was on the show, it, I couldn't watch it the same way, mm -hmm. uh, just because I could predict who the I could predict the winner night one, just based on how they would air her, how they would do the camera time, what he would say to her. Um, but I just. I, I don't respect the psychological aspect of it whatsoever. And I know that in the States, it's a lot worse than what I got to do. It is. Um, just it's from pretty, having... It's pretty bad, yeah. It was terrible on my season, but I luckily didn't... I know what they did to the girls, and I tried to stop it as much as I could, but I couldn't from afar. And I was very lucky that, for me, I got to say no, and they had to respect that. Um, but seeing it after is really, like, kind of a mental mindfuck for me, because it sends me back into, like, I hate the word triggered, but like it sends me back in the moments where I was like, 
shit, I should have done this differently. And it like puts you in like a little depressive moment of like, if I just did this I or was more respectful here, like it's just not a good thing. And then when you look at it, like the golden bachelor, those people are my mom's age. I don't want to see my mom fucking sucking face with somebody on TV, you know? I know. I want to play in I'm the sorry. intro of your um, video that uh, you did. Like, I'm sorry, but like it reminds me of uh, Big Daddy when it's like loose skin and old wrinkly balls. Like I just, like, no, hey, God, everyone needs love. I fucking, but when you go on reality TV, TV, half of you wants to be on there to be promoted on reality TV. Like nobody goes on there with no percentage of them not wanting to be on television. And I hate fucking people who go like, oh, I just went on for experience. Not even. Right reasons. I'm here for the right Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I just find it weird that if I was that age, why would I want to go on TV? Like, because there's dating apps. There's, you're going to find someone better where it's not in front of a camera and probably have a little bit fun of a life. Because now at that age, it's like now they got married live on TV. And what if they break up? Like, that is just, that's crazy. It just. I can imagine, you know, 30 somethings breaking up because we don't even the fuck, we don't know what we want now, yeah. you know, let alone, and we don't understand that like the person that you're getting married to in five years is going to be different and you're going to be different as well. And you have to grow together. We're just like, I want that person. Oh, that doesn't fucking happen. So I just, it kind of creeped me out, but I love the aspect of them being able to do it. It's and just, the ratings uh, were like through the roof. Um, I heard that they're not going to do course. paradise anymore. I did hear that that probably going to be canceled um it's interesting they asked you to come on but that's yeah i yeah i totally could see that i really i really can't and by the way they have a golden bachelorette like tip famously older guys date younger so it's like do we have to get older older guys for the golden bachelorette we'll see yeah that's the way that's that's kind of that's actually a really weird thing to think about just because it would then create such a weird dynamic on Twitter or any of the social media universes where it, it's kind of societally normal for older men to date younger women. But it now that would be a, a show. Actually, I would love to see that. I will. I want to see that. <laughs> like sugar daddy. Just for the comments. <laughs> just for the comments. Yeah, you are just. Yeah. So funny. My cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. You're really good at this. We haven't talked about your hosting. I wanted to ask you about Bianca because you you did stay with her for about two years, which I think is a long enough time. I was only in my relationship for a year, but a long enough time yeah. to figure out if you guys were right for each other. But that's that's a long time. So I would be curious yeah. to see like why it didn't work out. Um because you yeah, guys seem really just... happy. Listen, when you come off that show, uh, and I think anybody, I, I think you could say this better than anyone, you're in lust, you're not in love. Mm -hmm. Like you are, you know, you're, you've, especially from your situation, unlike mine, where I get to sit back and kind of let things happen to me, like you're in a competitive environment where it's, you're fighting for that time, fighting for that guy. And so when it comes down to it, like, I think that anyone who throws out the love word, especially when they said like, I love four different people, I want to like wring their necks because that's yeah. a very disrespectful thing to say about love. But, you know, we were in lust when we came off the show and she was very easy to be around. And like, you know, she would probably say the same about me back then, probably not now, but um, that yeah, I was goofy and easy to be around. Um, but then when you get off the show, it's very easy to be in a relationship where everyone's cheering you on all the time. You know, you're going out to events and everyone's, oh, it's so happy, it's real, it's real. And at a certain part where that starts fading away, and I think we just sat there and realized we we're both very, very, very different people. And, um, you know, it was, it was 
it, it just yeah i think that's that's the culmination of it it's just like oh shit like the luster's gone now we're sitting here and we're talking to each other realizing that maybe we don't have that much in common outside of the show and our experiences and doing things and it just kind of came to a head where it was like i think the best thing for both of us the shitty part about the whole fucking thing which i really regret i really do was that i was working on like the good morning america of canada at the time and they made me made me do the breakup on live morning tv no and yeah and like i'm not the actual with my... breaking up or like re like reporting like, it the, the re like read the statement and i said i can't do it because i have this button that's kind of comes from my dad where if i get emotional i can't really control it and it's not very good and i can't so mm -hmm. they had my co-host read out the statement while i was sitting beside her just like <clears throat> like bawling and I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm not one of those i'm not one of those guys who's like oh he's a guy he's crying he's a pussy i'm like i could not fathom a worse experience for her sitting at home thinking like this is this is how it happens and i wrote her uh, a message being like you know i'm sorry that it seems like i always get the last word like that's kind of what happens when you're the bachelor versus yeah. one of the contestants but i wish you nothing but the best and all and I, you know i she probably has a very bad taste in her mouth from me from the fact that like that is the way that it went down and i was literally being forced to do it uh by a producer or threatened to that i probably wouldn't been on the show again so have you guys spoken since then or because i thought i heard a rumor that we, you guys were friendly we did rekindle uh about a year after um but then again it was it was just kind of like a fun relationship. We never had problems with that part of our relationship. So it was nice to like hang around and, and stuff. But, uh, you know, we were, we were both going in different directions. Like she's very, like I'm very family oriented, but in a different way. Like I love seeing my parents. I love being around them. Uh, but she is very, like comes from a Croatian tight knit unit where uh, I remember walking into the first Christmas and there's a hundred people in the house and it's just not something I'm used to. And I get, like my free time for me, I think the biggest problem with us was my free time for me was with my friends and developing my outside life. And her free time was always family. And I think that I might've disrespected their family a little bit by not always wanting to be family oriented first. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, that so makes I'll take, sense. I'll, I'll take that ownership for sure. Well, I'm glad you guys rekindled. It's like you go through this experience with somebody and like you said, you are in lust and I mean, the picnics and the helicopter rides and the gourmet yeah, dinners and the 140 yeah. oysters doesn't, it's, yeah. it's a once you know, in a I, lifetime I thing. I wish, I wish we did have a better like ending to everything because I still think that we never really had a complete closure on the whole thing, which doesn't keep me up at night. But as a person who kind of, kind of still always thinks about the mistakes I made rather than the good things, just something that how my depressive mind works sometimes, I, I always seek closure even though closure to other people is not what closure is to me like you know everyone has their own way of getting over things and, and so like for that it's like obviously i wish that somebody i shared that experience with i'd still be able to be like hey what's up but right. it's you know you you each have different paths and 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 the path was rocky towards the end and you know, but I still like i have nothing i don't talk bad about her i don't say anything except for like that was if it wasn't for her that experience wouldn't have been the same for sure because if she wasn't on that show, the only other person that was towards the end was somebody who was kind of a little bit unstable and it would, it would not have been close to the same. 
Well, hey, I think two years is commendable. That's a, a lot longer than both. I mean, people are coming yeah, to the show now and they're breaking up like a month in. And yeah, we, so, had, we had a lot of fun, like especially sneaking around like that six month period in between end of filming when we were getting to do all those trips. We had a fucking blast. It's just, yeah. again, when, when real life hits and you're sitting there and it's like you're on the sofa watching a movie together, that's when you really understand how compatible you are. You know? I would say that was exactly the same for me too. And I was like, we were long distance. We didn't live in the same place. So like, that I sucks. Think, yeah. I was like, I think that would have helped, but like, that was what I realized is like, we just had a lot of difference, but same as you, we rekindled many years later and just kind of like, wow, we went through this thing together. Like, let's just yeah. kind, kind of, I'm like you, like I, I want to put a bow on things. Like I want things to be buttoned up. Same, and, same. And I yeah. realize like sometimes in life, it, it, it doesn't always end that way. Um, but it's nice. We are cordial now. Like I congratulated him. He good just for you. married. He congratulated me on the third baby. So I will say that does feel good. And maybe at some point in time, you guys will have that experience. Yeah. I don't know what it is about my personality per se, but you know, when I talk about, I've got so many, I'm very, very lucky that I have close friends for most of my friends are 15 year plus people. Um, I've always been able to keep close friends. And I say this like openly, I don't feel bad. Like the only people that really have shit to say about me bad are three ex-girlfriends and an ex-business partner. And I'm okay with that because everyone to each their own, because the people that it's hard because like my friends come in, I, I've known one of my best friends since I was 18 months old. We can say whatever we want to each other. We can get in fights, but it'll never break what we have together. But then when you're in a relationship with someone where you seemingly invest a hundred percent right off the bat, and then you are like this, and then your identity specifically off The Bachelor, or when you date The Bachelor after, it's a weird thing. It's it, it becomes like you're an entity. And then when you separate that, well, what does the identity become? And it's Brad was still the first Bachelor, and she's the girl who won the show, and that just sounds fucking terrible. Or you break up and it's like, oh, you didn't know that this girl, her last boyfriend was The Bachelor. Like that's, it's just a really fucking negative connotation to put on somebody else. And it's something that like I've had to deal with because even though, you know, I hosted Chopped in Canada and then I host a baking show and I've done like other stuff, I'll, no, no one gives a fuck because I'll right. always be the bachelor in Canada because I was the first guy. Oh, it's probably what Trista true. has had to deal with forever, right? It's like, yes. And let's she... not talk about the successful marriage with the kids and the fucking handsome husband and, you know, all the th great things she's done. It's like, oh, this is Trista. She's the first, right? And she like, but she's like built a brand on it for sure. Like she, I think she loves that. She's kind of America's sweetheart. And I mean, it is yeah. really cool to be the first that you have that, but like, you're right there. It's probably like just follows you around. And, you know, I, I dating after my season and a, a public well, breakup. I was, couldn't imagine for you though. Well, people like, like over-sexualize me. They're like, oh, this girl's wild. She was skinny dipping on TV. And, you know, but then it was also like, people were fans of the show not a lot of guys though like it's i always say it's different for the male leads right because yeah, yeah. the following of the show is like 95 percent women right i mean it's or yeah people i mean, that I would I do mean people that was like oh my ex-girlfriend made me watch and she hated you she thought you were all i mean you name it i've heard it <laughs> but then they would oh, like i was talking out. to my friend the other day about courtney's yeah. Talking to my friend the other day about Courtney. She's a real cunt, you know? Like, uh, oh, okay. totally. But would people say the, the, the stuff damnedest say. things? Mm -hmm. Oh, my 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 biggest one is that I, because I, a lot of my business now is to, still is like I, 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 
I've been with this company forever where I host events for them all the time. Like they do, you know, uh, sick kids in Canada. It's always charity events. And I'll host these charity events, usually it's an event gala type thing. And the number one thing I get is, oh my God, we thought you were such a loser on TV and you're so funny in real life. And I'm like, oh. Um, and then I get the drunk over 45 being like, are you single? <laughs> I go, it's and then my girlfriend or whomever I've dated during these processes, they find it fucking hilarious because they oh. they know it's you know. amazing, Brad. Oh my god, I no, could talk to oh. you all day. Well, I uh, see you're in a an, a relationship with uh, Brooke, right? And she's yeah, yeah. a dolly. And how yeah, long have you guys yeah, been together? We've been like officially together for like three years, but we were seeing each other for about a year before that as well because okay. she was in Calgary um she's from calgary that's where all her family are from so it's a fucking good distance away from toronto so she was coming back and forth for a little while and then the pandemic hit it's kind of a crazy story and we were in this 33rd 33rd floor condo in toronto it's like a thousand square feet which is you know a lot of space for toronto but we have a oh come here we have a dog your golden retriever hello oh hi Hi. (laughs) Uh, okay get down get down um, so we had a dog, so the pandemic became something very isolating and we still hadn't reached that point where we were in a relationship and lucky enough, one of her friends had moved to Miami and her house was open. And so we stayed in the house together and the pandemic couldn't have been better. Couldn't have brought us closer together. But after the pandemic lifted, she had to go back to Calgary and then pretty much begged her to come back, uh, November of 2020. And we've been together ever since. And she's a, she's a fantastic girl. She's, uh, She's, I mean, there's nothing really I could say that's anything that isn't the best. So oh. she's just really easy to be around. And for me, I'm a lot to deal with because uh, it's like being around somebody who tries to do 24 hours of stand up to make you laugh all the time. So it can get, it can get old. Uh, <laughs> but, but she seems to still be laughing after three years. So. Oh, well, I hope it, hey, cheers to a lifetime of happiness. You never know. I would love to stay in touch with you and have you back. I I, I want to check out your show. You've been hosting for a couple of years now. And I'm so glad yeah. that you have, it takes a long time to kind of let the show, like the dust to settle and then to find your person. At least for me, it did. Um, yeah. it, it all worked out. Did, did she watch your show at all? Did your, she watch your season? No, no. She's 10 years younger than I am. So she's she's 29 right now. So she was. You turned forty this year. <laughs> oh fuck my life! Babe, we're the same age. We're no wonder I we know, know all the same shows. <laughs> you have, yeah, but you know what? What I not to say that I ha- don't have the life that I wanted to. I've never really had a clear decision since I was a kid or direction. Excuse me of what I wanted to be. I just knew football was the path towards everything. Outside of that, I didn't have like a let's be a you know stock trader or let's be a, a car mechanic or whatever that may be. So everything has just been kind of like keeping the door open with my back foot while opening the next door with the front foot. And for her, she was, I think she was just going into university when I was on the show. So she had done, but funny enough, we did a, we did a special in Victoria, like the, the after the final rose, the girls and women tell all was in Victoria where she was going to university. And I went out and partied with a bunch of university people that night. And 10 years later, she realized it was all of her dorm friends that were at this bar with me. Whoa, you guys are passing chips uh, in the night. Yeah, so but I, I'm, I'm very lucky now. She's a smart, very, uh, like, she's got her finance degree. She's got her head on her shoulders. She has no desire or want to have anything to do with television. And uh, 
she never gets rattled by uh, people like coming up to me or any of that. She's just uh, like excited to be part of the process and kind of because she didn't know my football life or the bachelor life, it's like getting to see new details of what you didn't know about the person beforehand. So it's like my husband too, but he's, he's like, must, yeah, that must be crazy though, because like where this was big in Canada, like the U S is just a different fucking animal. Oh, it's, I mean, on my season, I think there's like 10 million viewers an episode. Uh, but my husband did, I have one football question for you and we can scratch it. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, I was talking to him. Like, he's like my, he's like your girlfriend. Like he supports me and he just is. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. It's hard to find too, because some people didn't and, understand it, you know? And he just loves pumping babies in you. You know, that's yeah. a good thing too. No, I'm done. I'm like I'm 40 now, and so obviously, like, a good number. we we don't get it is we don't get a, a Canadian football here in the states. But my husband was wondering if you were a big Colorado Avalanche fan after the team bolted in 1995. So they bolted from Quebec, which was the Nordiques, which I grew up loving the Habs and the Nordiques. But then I became a fan because of the Colorado Avalanche because Patrick Waugh was a a god to me when I was a kid in Montreal. I had his jersey. I waited in line I waited in line one time for a card signing for six and a half hours for him to sign a card. And then he won two Stanley Cups with the Colorado Avalanche as a goaltender. So I was they were my second team for pretty much until two thousand five, I think. No way. So Patrick yeah, okay, yeah. I gotta tell him that he will get I think he mentioned that name. He's like, yeah, he was like a legend. I'm like, babe I legend, know. legend. I don't know football. I don't know. But he's like, ask him for me. I want to know. <laughs> that's hockey. That's hockey, but. Oh. <laughs> Please don't edit. Please don't edit that okay. out. That was hockey. <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to be like, Courtney, I told you well, this. <laughs> just just tell him the answer and then tell him that you're a new puck bunny. <laughs> that's a perfect wanna, place. You want to quit being a mom, quit the podcast, and just become a professional puck bunny. <laughs> something new today brad gosh thank you so much where can people oh, follow man. you along and where can we we can watch you winter show air I, I can't wait to get my bake on with you so the last season just ended because it's a halloween and christmas specials on on big bake so we'll be coming up next year for halloween and christmas on food network uh but outside of that i am gonna make the last thing i want to say was because we were talking about instagram before my ego is never really like presented in a great way because like I, I've never been one of those people to stop the moment and pick up a camera and take a picture of it because I always just kind of like enjoy the moment, enjoy the laughs. So I am trying to get better at presenting myself in a way because like most people, I'll be funny for like one post a year and then don't post anything else. And I wanted for myself to get over that displacement that you feel when other people affect how you are as a human. And I want to get over and, and be able to properly present myself not as like this hey welcome to the big bang like that kind of hosty figure that i've become and more so just the the dick and fart joke brad that i am so i'm trying to find a way to you know be better at that and uh, you know brooke has been at me for a while she's like she's like if people can just see who you are around your friends and you transfer that but i've been programmed since the bachelor to be right. afraid of that you know so i am like my Instagram is Brad C. Smith, but I'm, I'm looking forward to 2024 trying to get rid of that ego that cares so much about that person and then let loose my inner ego, which is the person that loves myself and thinks that I'm a funny guy, thinks that I'm worth being uh, put out there, you know, so. 
Well, we got a we got a glimpse of that today. You were like, but this is I swear this is probably my favorite interview I've ever done. And I, I thank you for coming on mine because I'm sure you've been invited on a ton. And um, but I hope to see that. I'm gonna I'm gonna check in with you. I'm gonna keep an eye out and just have fun with it. You know, social media. I treat it like a scrapbook, but there's so much yeah. like I love the creative side and uh, it's become. I don't think it's going anywhere. So. I no, think, no. I think you should like Nike said, just do it, you know. And your and your girlfriend's <laughs> sure. like probably pretty good at it. I've seen her page. I checked her out. So maybe just have her. She piece. doesn't post it all either, though. That's the thing. Is but like that's also kind of cool for, too, Brad. Yeah, yeah. I think I think because my dad was such a super private, personal person, I've taken that kind of respect from him. Like yeah. he's like, this is my public life, and this is who I am at home. But for me, it's like the happiest I ever am is when I'm making people laugh or getting that reaction. And I didn't be a host so that I could, you know, be on TV. I've, I'm a host because I get to, for 15 hours a day, make the camera sound, lighting, producers, people in the truck, people in my ear, laugh all day and be a, a complete goof at 40 years old. And that's my, that's my, not only my gift, I think, as a human, but like, it's a gift back. Because when you leave set and people are like, man, that was like the funnest day of work we had. I'm like, well, fuck, I'll come tomorrow and have 15 hours more of just absolutely terrible jokes, you know, so... Oh. I I appreciate you. I appreciate you for popping my podcast cherry. I am a huge fan. So that was the reason why I want to do it with you and always been a fan. I was a ha- fan of the way you handled yourself on the show, specifically being like the first that was kind of labeled in that way mm-hmm. and then coming out and just kind of being yourself. And I can't imagine the shit that you went through, but clearly you're a, a strong enough and good willed enough person that I've gone through it. So they I've always been in all of that. Event. Fuck that shit. I've always been in awe of that of you. So I appreciate that. Brad. Oh gosh. Thank you. That is so kind of you. Well, I would love to have you back sometime and congrats on all of your success. You've really parlayed it into a fun career. I'm going to go find your season and watch it. So thank you so much for hopping on. Congratulations on all your success. You smell terrific. Yeah. I hate goodbyes. I hate goodbyes. Have a good day, Brad. Thank you. You too, Courtney. Okay. Okay. Bye. Adios. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much, Brad, for coming on. You are a hoot and a half. Can't wait to have him back sometime. Until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson, and this is After Reality. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.